Boys, welcome back to episode 48 of the Review Podcast, also known now as the weekly Sunday NFL pregame pick'em show with Brendan and Seth. We should just officially change the name of our podcast to that because that's all we do now. I was going to say, the review doesn't do regular review episodes anymore. No, yeah, it's pretty much just Sunday pickums, which is fine. We're we're doing well with the pickums too. A lot of people are listening. So, for if you're one of those people who's listening, hi, welcome. Uh it is Sunday, November 1st. It's November. It's crazy. It is officially November. Um we're halfway through the season. Seth, how are you feeling halfway through on your picks in the pickum season? You know, I'm I'm proud of my consistency. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not thrilled that I dropped a game last week. So I'm, you know, I think I'm four games behind you in the standings now. I used to be three, and I was three for a few weeks, and you know, that doesn't help. But I'm proud of myself for you know how well I've done, how much I've actually paid attention to football this year. Yeah. So that's that's all good. Uh, so to update all of you on the standings before we get into week eight pickums, seven weeks. I am 61, 27 and one, and Seth is 58, 30 and one. So it's pretty oh, close I'm race. Three games behind. Three games behind. Yeah. So, um, and then like the, I hate that we have the overtime tie there. Like I wish that someone, like I would have rather lost that game just so we don't have the one there because we're gonna have a one there for the rest of the year at the very do, end. Do you think that we both should just get losses for that? Because we didn't like technically we lost on the pick. I was thinking about it like technically we didn't, but it's like we didn't get it right. We didn't we didn't win the pick, but we also didn't lose the pick either. I guess that's fair. I don't know. When you think from like a gambling standpoint, right? Like if you gamble on a game and you gamble and you bet like, you know, what was the Eagles win, right? Like if I bet the Eagles and the Eagles don't win, then I don't get the money. Technically, yeah. We can revisit. We can revisit it at the end of the year and see where we're. Like, if it's a difference maker for anybody, then we can probably implement that one there. I have it sitting out there right now, just because. Um, but yeah, we're pretty. It's a pretty tight race. I don't know what Carp and Ferula are at. They've both picked like once or twice, so they're not even in it really. It's between you and I, and then like Carp and Ferula will come on every now and then and 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 like give their picks. But it's week eight. We're halfway through the season. It's November 1st. Um, you watching any college football yesterday at all, Seth? I did not. I got a couple of highlights. I closely watched all of the notifications come in for my Fighting Irish, who won again, and who, by the way, not so hot take, are going to be Clemson next They're week. They're going to be Clemson next week for sure. So, yeah. dude, Notre Dame could actually go undefeated for the rest of the year. They could. They they could they could definitely be in the college football playoff. I'm excited. I'm hyped. I so I have a bone to pick with with Boston College, and I need to do this publicly on the podcast. Oh, I am all here for it. Oh my God, you, what happened? Like, I don't know if you know Boston College, but there were people who were riding on you to win that game. Trevor Lawrence was out. Half the Clemson defense was out. You had a serious chance to win that game. You were up twenty eight to ten at one point. 
at halftime, you were up by 15 points and you didn't score a single point in the second half. And you let the backup quarterback for Clemson score 21 straight points and beat you on their home turf on Clemson's home turf. Embarrassing, embarrassing loss for Boston College. At su- It was like it got ridiculous to watch at some points. They had there was a scenario where they were punting. It was like fourth and short and they punted kicks the ball they pin them at the one yard line the bc punter pins clemson at the one yard line flag goes up illegal motion on the kicking team run them back or they, they set them back five yards does it again pins them at like the three another flag goes up offensive holding on the kicking team does it again and then let and then let's the and then they're so far back now like they've lost 15 yards on this play where the third time they kicked it, they went from pinning them on the one and the three to giving the return man like unbelievable field position, catching the ball where the, the punt only went to like the 30 or the 25 yard line. And then he runs it back. Such an embarrassing, embarrassing loss for BC. I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I was Jeff Halfley after that one. You were up 28 to 10 at one point on the number one team in the nation. And you blew that lead so, so much so that you didn't even score another point the rest of the game after you were up by by 18 points. That's how bad it was. I, I bet on BC yesterday because I felt good about the game. And I told a lot of other people to do so, too. And BC basically they ruined it. They ruined it. So I will never ever bet on bc football again and in fact i want bc football to do the worst that they possibly can for the rest of the year i don't want to see them win another game i don't want to see them ever win another game that's how bad they screwed me over yesterday i'm so pissed off at bc football just oh it makes me so angry that they that they didn't win that game so bc football if you're a bc football player or a fan and you're watching i wish the worst for you and your team yeah, Dude, you're already it. halfway to being a Boston University student. At this point, you might as well just come here. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I do have the <laughs> I have I do have the distaste for for BC after yesterday. I mean, I've never really been a BC guy, but but I was like, hey, why not? Trevor Lawrence is out. Um, it's going to put Clemson to the test. Let's see if they really are as good as as everyone says they are. And in the first half, they weren't. They were terrible. And then BC just. Let the uh, let the foot off the pedal and had uh, gave Clemson every single opportunity to win that game. And when you're the number one team in the nation, you take those opportunities. Clemson shouldn't be undefeated anymore after yesterday, but they are. So that's something we have to live with. And I'm hoping Notre Dame beats them next week because Trevor Lawrence isn't coming back. So at least not next week. He'll be back eventually, but he's not back next week. And who's their defensive player? Clemson's big D guy. I don't know his name. He got ejected yesterday, and that means he's out for the first half of the Notre Dame game next week if you get ejected in college football. I love football. to hear that. I love so uh, every opportunity is available for Notre Dame to, to, to win next week. Brian Kelly's offense. Shout out to the Fighting Irish. Um, so I'm hoping that they win next week. That's what I'm and – and whoever BC's playing, who's BC playing? Let's just, let's just put this on the record. Boston College Football. Are they playing UNC next week? Syracuse. I hope Syracuse runs them out of the building. I hope Syracuse always has one game every year that you don't think they're going to win, and then they do. Yeah. (laughs) It's too bad because some years they're, like, halfway decent. It's weird. It's weird how in recent years, like, basically ever since that one 
there was that one year where Syracuse won a few games in the NCAA tournament, and they lost on some like crap at the end of the game. Like they just yeah. didn't clutch it out. I forget what year that was. I want to say I was in seventh grade, so that was like 2012, 2013. And mm-hmm. ever since then, I feel like Syracuse football has been better and more successful than Syracuse basketball. Yeah. I remember Syracuse basketball, like you said, in that March Madness tournament. I don't remember what year it was, but it, we may be talking about the same year. And I remember them like being like a decent seed in that tournament. And then they haven't been in it since. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I haven't seen Syracuse in a March Madness tournament in a while. And Syracuse has always been known for their basketball over their football. So good, good on the Syracuse football program. Um I hope that they absolutely slaughter BC next week. I want the worst things for the BC football team from now from now on. I just want the worst things for the BC football team. Simply put. But yeah, that's how my Saturday went. Um, you do any trick or treating at all? Nope. No, I just I stayed inside wearing my wearing my Santa hat. Yeah, yeah. Seth was Santa for the Santa who cooked the culinary version of Santa for those of you who who don't know. That was yeah. his costume last that, night. That, yeah, that was a it was a last minute decision. I bought a Santa hat for four dollars and forty nine cents, and I guess some of you who are listening to this don't actually know all the Pingry people who listen to this know me. But those who have never actually met me, I am very Jewish. Like so, that's the that's the funny part. There, it was supposed to be ironic, and then you know I was cooking with a Santa hat on. Somehow managed to get part of the food on the Santa hat. It came off. But I was just kind of amazed that I managed to get food that high up. What were you cooking? So I made, I don't even know how to really describe it other than just telling you the ingredients. Mm-hmm. So it was pasta and ground turkey. The recipe calls for ground chicken, but, but Star Market didn't have any. So I just got ground turkey. Um, and you could put ground beef in there too. But basically you cook the ground meat and then you cook pasta and then you put onions and garlic and uh, Italian seasoning into a pan, add some flour, and then into a pot I put, so it was, I was cooking, I had to do it vegetarian first and then add the meat in later because one of the people that was eating was vegetarian and also gluten-free, which made the pasta interesting. <laughs> um, but then you put in stock of some kind, so I put in vegetable stock. Right. And then marinara sauce. And then heavy cream goes in. You add the pasta. You mix it around. And then the vegetarian person took their stuff. And then I put it in the meat. So it was actually it was pretty good. There's also mozzarella cheese that gets put in it. So nice. it, it, it was a really good it, uh, thing. I'd never made it before, but it was fun to make. That sounds good. That's a nice Halloween night meal. It, it did. It was fun. It kind of looked like blood and like guts and stuff. So it worked <laughs> out. I mean, that's good. You were on. <laughs> that was before I put in the heavy cream made it look. Have you ever seen like a vodka sauce and you know how it's yes. like kind of like yeah. that orangey red type of thing? Yep. So that's what it ended up looking like. But before it was like very like dark red and it looked very much like blood. Nice. That's that's good that you were able to uh, to compile food that that was looked like um human blood uh yep. that's that's great um but yeah that's pretty much all i've got for uh 
or Halloween what were, stuff. I never asked you this before. What did what did you go as? Because I I did see that you were out on the out on the town. I was out, I was out in Salem last night. Um, the Halloween capital. Which before capital any of you get all triggered about that, he lives right next to Salem, so it's not like Salem. he's traveling to Salem and giving people COVID. Right. Well, I don't have COVID. So right. Obviously, there was no COVID saying, to give. Salem like shut down their Halloween. Right. We were, yeah, to. Salem shut down Halloween to like tourists, but we we weren't tourists. I live like on the Marblehead Salem border, pretty much. So we just kind of me and a couple. Uh, well, Brownie, you all know Cam Brown, I think. Um, and a few others just kind of like walked into to Salem and were taking pictures with some people who had cool costumes on. I didn't go as like I I went as Brendan Willett, um, but I threw on like a jersey. So I guess you could say that I was a Houston Rockets player, but in reality, which one in particular was it? Just a blank Rockets. It's actually a Travis Scott Houston Rockets jersey. Oh, interesting. so it's like a special jersey. I was like I was like yeah I'll wear this. I've never worn this before in my life. This is the one chance I have. So uh, that's what I wore last night, but I, w- I wasn't in in costume. But yeah, we just walked around Salem. That's pretty much it. It was it was fun, but I mean, not much not much went down because it's Halloween and COVID. So right. yeah, but that's how my Saturday was. I got mad at the BC football team and then took my anger out by walking around Salem Mass all night last night. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Week eight of the uh, of the NFL season of the Pickham season. Uh, as always, Carp has yet to set his lineup in fantasy, uh, two, two years in a row now in the TBR fantasy league, Carp is tanking. Uh, I don't know why, uh, there is no, it's not a dynasty league. So the, I don't know if he's tanking for a better pick that he'll, he won't get, but he's in last place right now. He has not set his lineup for this week. Um, I asked him to, and he hasn't yet. Maybe he will eventually like last week on the podcast. He did. But that's the update right now. Uh, I leapfrogged over Seth for first place in the league last Which week. Which is literally only in points scored, and it pisses me off that that's the tiebreaker because I beat you. Yeah, if it was head-to-head, head, yeah. It should be head-to-head. Head. But Seth got his first loss last week. Ferulo beat him, and Ferulo— Yeah, I got, I got oh, beat man. by a few of my players. Ferulo was excited. He oh, was. I'm sure he was. He's still <laughs> in the basement, though. It's not going to matter. Yeah, well— you never know with with this league. You never. This is a weird league that we're in right now. That's you, fair. I, I honestly I forget what happened to me last week that like screwed me over. Let's see, week seven. All right, that was uh, uh, Tyler Lockett getting the most fantasy points scored by a player in history. Right, but and that's that is a the stat. bigger the bigger issue was, um, fells. Who you told me to pick up, by the way. Yeah, that's my bad. Did not get any points. He did not have a single point. All right, the well, here's Chiefs the thing. Claypool got 0.8 points. So I lost 11 points there. And then if I had added Gronkowski instead, could have gotten like 15. You're talking so about an extra 25 points. And I don't know if that would have won me the game or not. But So, like, I told you to, I, I, I threw out a few players. Um, Gronk wasn't one of them. I said Eric Ebron might be a good pickup. He got 11. Um, I I said someone else, too. I forget. I said, and then I said, oh, Darren Fells might be might be a good player, too. Um, but, yeah, I guess Darren Fells didn't didn't do well. Chase Claypool, too, didn't. Play yeah, that Chase well. Claypool killed me. But I mean, so I lost by 22. And it was probably it was the combination of starting Allen over Breeze, which who the heck wouldn't do that anyway? 
you know, the way Allen's played this season, Fells getting no points and Claypool. But um, it's like if I started Breeze instead, I would have gotten an extra seven points. And if I had started Robinson over Claypool, that gets me an extra like 10 points. So that's still short by four. So it would just be like literally any other tight end that I picked Mm -hmm. up. But realistically, with the lineup that I had, there was no way for me to win that game. So can't be too salty. Right. And it was your first loss of the year and you're still like at the top of the league. That's the weird thing about our league. I said this last week. If like like theoretically, if cardboard to win this week, he could be in fourth place. He could go from eighth to fourth like that. That's nuts. Like, that's, like actually- that's how tight our league is right now. So if Carp like wanted to, you know, put a little charge in it and actually try, um, he could get there. Uh, he doesn't want to do that. Well, I'm actually I'm I am on the benefiting side of him not paying attention to his lineup, I think, right now. Because I'm playing him, yeah, I'm playing him in our ESPN league, and he's got Nikhil Harry in his lineup. Who is maybe out. he does it at like a certain time? Maybe For he that, like sits down like at twelve thirty and edits all his lineups. I don't know. It's he's just got three quarterbacks right now. <laughs> he's got Breeze, Herbert, and Brady. Why would you need all like none of those even stand out to me as like good quarterbacks? Well, Brady's getting points because they're playing the Giants this week. Oh, Mark Ingram is out. He is pick not up J- oh, no, not against Pittsburgh defense. I was going to say pick up Edwards or Dobbins, but not against Pittsburgh. He's got such a weird lineup in this league, dude. It, his lineup, it's Brady, Henry, Moss, then Adams, Metcalf, then Fant, then White, then Harry, who's out. Then the Bills defense and then Ryan suck up. That's kind of like the lineup he's got going in our it's league. It's like every other player is really good. It's so weird. He's a homer for sure. I think he likes to pick like the Patriots players or the 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 players who have ties to New England or who have ties to like Penn State. Yeah, I think he's one. Of, he's a homer guy for sure. But yeah, that's our that's our fantasy update for the week. We'll keep you updated uh, on the Instagram. As the uh, as the week goes on, Patriots are not expected to be active sellers at the trade deadline. Good. So they should be active buyers. Just got bro. that. So so I just like so I just like I don't know. We'll talk about it when we get to the Patriots game. I guess we'll talk about it when we get to that game. Let's get into yeah, our picks for this week. If we're going by the NFL score schedule, it's the first game. Also, we gotta kind of speed around this because I probably need to be done by like twelve thirty. I gotta ruin a test. Okay, so we have less than an hour. So let's speed round through like the first. We'll speed around through the games that we don't we don't really care about. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think so, we have plenty of time. We'll be able to get a full podcast in easily. I'm, oh, yeah. I am setting the definitive boundary so that we don't lose track of time. Sure, sure, sure. I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. But let's get right into it. Week eight NFL Sunday pregame pick them. First game on the docket. Steelers Ravens. This one really confuses me. I'm going to pick the Steelers just because. Mark Ingram's out, and I don't buy into the Ravens' offense at all. Their defense is carrying the team right now. I also don't buy into the Steelers' hype at all. I don't think that they should be undefeated still. They're going to beat the Ravens, though. It's going to be a great game. These teams always play good games. I was back and forth on this game for a while, but I think at the end of the day, I'm going to go Steelers just because I think that the Steelers are more equipped to beat the Ravens than the Ravens are more equipped to beat the Steelers, frankly, simply put. 
Yeah, I have to go Steelers as well. I think Ingram being out as much as he hasn't been great in fantasy, he does add a certain level of veteran leadership to that offense that I think mm-hmm. they will severely lack without him. Um, Big trust. And and while I'm not super, you know, convinced about the Steelers' offense, though I will say that like, you know, they keep finding guys to perform. Like, two weeks in a row, it was Claypool, and then last week, Claypool doesn't really perform well, but then they still win. And I think that, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Ravens' defense. I certainly think that that's something that you can trust more than their offense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just I, I, I think that the Steelers are coming into this game hot, and they kind of have the ability to pick apart the Ravens. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough assessment. Uh, we're both taking Steelers on that one. I was back and forth on that game for a while because they do tend to play in good close games. Right, but you can say that about literally any division opponent in any division. That's true. Yeah, the division. I mean, they're they're fighting for the top of the division today. Right. Uh, so it'll be a good game. I'm I'm gonna take the Steelers though, as much as I don't want to, because I don't I don't want to take the Steelers because I don't want to like encourage their undefeated season. Um, cause I don't think that they're a good undefeated team. I think they're a good team. I don't think that they deserve to be undefeated through, through seven weeks, but they are, and they're going to be undefeated through eight weeks cause they're going to beat the Ravens this week. So we're both taking Steelers next game. Rams dolphins. Tua is making his starting debut today. Uh, terrible, terrible, terrible mistake by the dolphins to do that. I think you're going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick come back in this game pretty quickly. I'm going to take the Rams over the Dolphins in this one. Uh, pretty much a no-brainer. I think it could be a, a, a good close game. I don't think these teams have like great offenses, um, but I think it's a, I think it was an, um, a huge mistake for the Dolphins to put Ryan Fitzpatrick on the bench. I mean, we discussed it last week. We both, you know, mentioned the Patrick Mahomes deal, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You know how he sat behind. Same with Lamar Jackson, right? Like it makes more sense for these guys to sit. So, um, and I don't actually know if we mentioned this last week or if we were talking to each other, like texting each other or something. Uh, I feel like we, we had may a conversation. Have, yeah, I don't remember, but uh, either way, it's we both agree it's not the great move. I'm picking the Rams. Shout out to the Rams for being a sneaky good team this year. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, agree to disagree on it. The Rams are good, good, good just by record. Just yes, by record. they are sneakily I mean. good by record. Yeah, that's that's what we'll agree on is like, why is this team five and two? Like yeah, they're a like, team that like you haven't heard anything about them. And I think it's because their uniforms suck. I really do. They're so boring that no one's talking about them right now. That stadium is really cool, though. Yeah, the stadium is cool. Oh, um, they're the only they're the only team to ever come off hard knocks and actually look, you know, Decent. I don't know why they were on hard, and we talked about this. They shouldn't have been on hard knocks. It was such a weird. I didn't even watch it, but we talked about it like first pick them. I think that like hard knocks is usually reserved for like the hard knocks. Yeah, and this was like a soft, the soft knocks yeah. version of hard knocks this year. Um, but yeah, they're five and two, and they're third in the division, which is hilarious. That's the best division in football, the NFC West, by far. Yeah, because the bottom team has a winning record. Do they actually? That's impressive. You can't say that about any other division in in the NFL right now. You literally—that's the only division in the NFL where the bottom team has a winning record. 
Who's the worst team in the NFC West right now? 49ers. Oh, my God. I mean, they're not going to have a winning record after this week, but... Eh, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that game when we get to that game. Um, but, yeah, we're both taking Dolphins. This is what I'll say about the whole Tua thing. I I agree 100% with what you said. Like, we had this conversation. Like, yeah, these young quarterbacks who get drafted early rounds who who are behind, like, an older veteran starting quarterback should, like... Like, you look at Lamar Jackson, you look at Pat Mahomes. They They paid their dues, so to speak, in terms of, like... They were the backup. They learned the offense. They got the reps in practice, and then they became NFL ready. So there's there's something to be said for Tua being rushed into this situation. There's another thing to be said for Ryan Fitzpatrick has the Dolphins in a pretty good spot right now through six games. Um, yeah, I mean, they're second place, right? They're second place in the division. If you're coming out of this division, which is the worst division in football in the AFC East, you have, if you're the Bills or the Dolphins, you have a shot to win the division outright this year because the Patriots are having an off year. So if you're the Dolphins, if you're Brian Flores and you look at that and you say, we're three and three right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing pretty well. He's gotten us to this point, having one of our better seasons in the past like few years. Why all of a sudden are you looking to make the change to Tua? I would make the change if something wasn't going right, but it clearly is going right. Like they're having a good year and they have an opportunity to win this division. And if they don't have an opportunity to win the division outright, then they do have an opportunity if they go on a string of winning games to be in the playoffs, to be a wild card team. So why, why, oh, why are you making the change right now? Halfway through the season, you're just going to bench the veteran starting quarterback who has brought you this far. I think it's a huge mistake. It's a calculated error on the part of the Miami Dolphins, and you're going to see that in the first half today. I think two is going to going to crumble. I really do. They're rushing him into this situation. It's not good for the team. This is not a good spot for him to make his debut against a, a five and two Rams team. Don't do it. If you're if you're Brian Flores right now and you're listening, I don't know how you'd be listening to this live. Don't do it. I would walk back the decision that you made. And I would start Ryan Fitzpatrick because we both know he's coming into the game at some point. So you might as well just start him because he's gotten you this far. Ride the wave, ride the Fitz magic wave as long as you can until he dies out and then go to Tua when you need to, but don't go now when things are going good. That makes no sense at all. That just doesn't make sense to me. Rams are going to win this game. Simply put, um, next game, chiefs and jets. Chiefs. (laughs) Chiefs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's we do not need to talk about that game. That's a good whatsoever. speed round. That's a great speed round. Chiefs are going to win. Uh, next game: Packers and Vikings. These two teams have played against this year. Um, how about you Packers. start? Packers. It's really not a debate in my mind, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, do me a favor, do well in fantasy, so that someone tries to trade for him. Hmm. Here's the argument that I'm going to make. The Packers don't have Aaron Jones for the second week in a row. The Packers lost to the Buccaneers two weeks ago. The Vikings and the Packers always play in good games. If there was ever a spot for the Vikings to beat the Packers, I think it's this week. Who was the team I said that about last week who actually won? Washington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We, I, we both were wrong on that game, and it pissed me off. Um, is Lambeau Field allowing fans? 
I have no idea, actually. Let me look Let's, that up. Let, let us find out. Is that 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 changes something for me? No in-person attendance. According none at to all. none the, at all. So when now when you Google games, like if you Google Packer game, it says no well, in-person it, attendance. It says Minnesota Vikings at Green Bay Packers, and then on the bottom it says no in-person attendance. All right, let me just. This is really tough for me. We know that Dalvin Cook is out, so they're starting running backs. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Packers, too. Yeah, I think that, like, obviously Jones, you know, being out does not help the Packers, but I feel like Cook has 10 times the impact on the Vikings compared to Jones for the Packers. Yeah, yes, yes and no. I think that... Dude, can, think you, that can, can you name another weapon that can change the game for them? Like, other than Thielen, is there anyone on that Vikings team that can do anything to help them win the game other than Dalvin Cook? No, Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. That's it. Yeah. That's literally it. And Thielen well, I mean, is going to be able to do shit because Packers, he's just going to get double teamed. Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. I don't think that the Packers really right, have any but, weapons. But there's also the factor of like you have Aaron Rodgers who's putting together a sure. top yeah, three a quarterback. you know quarterback season. It's gonna be a good game. I think it's gonna be tight. I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Packers along with you there. Um against my better judgment. I, I'm gonna pick the Packers. All right. Next game. Colts and Lions. <laughs> I don't know why that game just doesn't do it for me. Um who are you picking? Uh I'm <laughs> So my, the stat guy in me says Lions because they've lost six straight home games, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. And I feel like it's really unlikely that continues. Like, I feel like at some point a streak's got to end. Yeah. Um, but the football guy in me says Colts because, well, I don't believe in any team that's run by a former uh, Bill Belichick disciple like think about it think, which like, guy like, are you going with i'm going with the colts okay because like when you think like brian flores struggling in miami dan patricia has looked awful with the lions uh even mcdaniels struggled when he left like mcdaniels struggled so bad when he left new england that he came back yeah yeah that's true yeah, uh, I agree with you. I'm going to pick the Colts in this one. The Colts are are another one of those teams that are sneaky good this year in terms of record. They're four and two. Um, Dude, so are they leading their division? Who else is even in that division? Second in the division, I believe. Um, let me check. I was AFC just looking at it. South? Yeah, Titans are number one in the division. Yeah. Titans and then Colts, and then it drops off from there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick the Colts along with you. Um, this game is going to be boring. I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it. Um, I'll throw it on because I'll have red zone on. But yeah, we're both picking the Colts. I feel like that's the right that's the right pick to make. All right. Uh, next game, Raiders and Browns. All right. So I have to address something. Last week on this podcast, I made a really hot take. Uh, I called it a very hot take compared to your lukewarm take. And it didn't the, the first part of the hot take didn't even come to light. I said that the Raiders were going to run the table for the rest of the year. And they didn't do that. They lost to the Buccaneers last week. I still look at the Raiders' schedule and think they're going to win the the majority of their games. Um, but here's what I'll say about this game. 
the Browns, Baker Mayfield is for some reason better without Odell Beckham Jr. than he is with him. For some reason, if you look at his numbers playing with OBJ and playing without OBJ, he is a vastly better quarterback with no OBJ on the field. Odell's done for the year. I'm going to walk back on my hot take from last week, and I'm going to say that the Browns are going to beat the Raiders today. So I like the way you worded that because you didn't. A lot of people have been wording that as. Baker's better without OBJ and therefore OBJ is terrible and he's a cancer for the team. Mm-hmm. You worded that as I don't understand why, but statistically Baker Mayfield is better with OBJ off the field. Mm-hmm. So that was good by you because there's no chance that taking away a top five, top 10 receiver in the NFL is going to make your team better. That just logically doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. But. As much as I acknowledge that Baker did, you know, like Baker was what, 0 for 5 with an interception on that first drive, OBJ goes down and then he goes off, throws four touchdowns or whatever. Yeah. I just, I don't think that's sustainable and I'm picking Raiders this week. Okay. Yeah. That, that's fair enough. I think this game really, really, I think it's going to be a great football game. We've got, we've got a well coached team in the Raiders. And we've got a talented team in the Browns that are going to go head to head today. It's going to be fun to watch. Browns are five and two. Raiders are three and three. I think the Raiders are going to lose this week and then go on their run. And I think they will beat the Chiefs again. But I I have to pick the Browns just because when I saw that offense after OBJ left the game, that was the offense that I've been looking for out of the Browns for like two to three years now. Baker Mayfield finally showed me that he's capable of just like of letting loose and throwing the football, which is something that. We haven't seen him really do. He's been to he's me. Been he looks too, like that week. Oh, I want to say it was week one. Week one, he there was this one drive where he just looked absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that, yeah. They, they he did that over an entire game last week. He's he he's he's got so so people who are listening to this right now, don't take this the wrong way. What I'm about to say because I'm not comparing these two players at all and saying that like they're equal, but Baker Mayfield has a Tom Brady quality in him, which is, I think he thrives better when he's throwing to more receivers and like less, you know, like when his target share is really spread out, Tom Brady mastered that he would be throwing to everybody on the field. That's why the Patriots for so long were a terrible fantasy team because you had no idea who the ball was going to. I think he thrived better. Like you saw people's Jones caught a touchdown last week. They got Higgins involved in the offense. Landry was there Njoku was there. I think that when you have Odell on the field, I don't know why I feel like Baker Mayfield just maybe in his mind had this like pressure on him to, to get the ball to OBJ, to get the ball to Jarvis Landry. When you took OBJ out of that scenario, I think that it kind of forced him to throw to other receivers because they were like, because the Bengals defense was like, all right, OBJ is out of the picture. We know that his only other guy is Jarvis Landry. And they started doubling Jarvis Landry. So that left room for Baker Mayfield to kind of just let loose and throw the football to whoever. And that that game winning touchdown was it Peoples Jones who caught the touchdown in the back of the end zone. Yes. What a dime piece of a throw that was by Baker Mayfield. He tucked it. So right it was in there. so it was that was actually I. Now that you say, I distinctly you saying Peoples Jones kind of kicked in. I rem, I was watching when they won that game. Yeah, that was and an unbelievable catch and yeah. an unbelievable throw. 
what a what a play like that that to me was like that's what i need out of baker mayfield that's why i'm giving him this game this week i think he's going to come out firing i think the target share is going to be spread out so much so that the raiders are going to have a tough time defending it i've got the browns winning this game browns are another sneaky good team i think we we assume that the browns are always going to be bad and always should be bad they're five and two right now um with a chance to with a chance to be second in the division. Have they played the Ravens? Yeah. Right? I think the Ravens beat them. Oh, so it'll be then it doesn't they can't week be. one. They they pumped them. <laughs> the Ravens are five and one right now? Ravens are five and Raiders are five and one. Steelers are six and zero. Oh, Browns are five and two. So if the um, the Steelers if win, the Browns, the Browns win. If, if, if the Browns win, they would have a 750 win percentage and five and two, seven is 14 percent. Is it? Does that make sense? So 28, then yes, the Browns would be in second place. Right. Let me double check my math. If I dude, imagine I just got that. I'm going to assume that you were right. Dude, I haven't had a, an actual math class since my senior year of high school. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was right. It's roughly. It's, there we go. It's Seth roughly, the numbers, man. <laughs> That's what we love to see. Doing math off the dome. Yeah, I've got Browns. I, I feel good about this Browns team. I spoke very highly about the Raiders last week, and they gave the Bucks a good game, and then the Bucks kind of ran away with it at the very end. It was a fun game to watch. Um I've got Browns. You've got Raiders. That's our first distinction of the week. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Titans and Bengals. I'm picking Titans. I'm agreeing. Titans. I don't think there's much discussion here. Speed round. And we're on to the next one, which is our our game of the week. Probably not everybody's, but our game of the week. Patriots and Bills. Here's what I'll say. Here's This is the season right here. This is it. You win this game, you can bounce back. If you're the Patriots, if you win this game, you can bounce back. You lose this game. It's over. We're, we're, we're done with. You can't fall to two and five because then you basically have to win out to, to even want a shot at a wild card because the AFC is so stacked. If you win this game today, you can get to second in the division potentially, and then you can start to win piece together some wins because your schedule coming up is a favorable one. So if you win today, then you could really go on a decent run here. I mean, you have to go through the Ravens, but the Ravens, to me, like I said earlier, I think this Ravens offense is fraud. I think that Cam Newton on his best can definitely take the Ravens. That's, you know, two weeks down the line. Cam Newton on his close to best, if not best, almost beat the Seahawks. So, right. Yeah. So I, I look at this team and I see like there's so many there's little sparks of potential here and there that are like sprinkled throughout all the games. Last week was terrible. The Broncos game was terrible. The Chiefs game was good. I mean, we didn't have Cam Newton. So like, what did you expect from this team? We played we played the Chiefs. Well, uh, I think both teams kind of played to a lower level. But I mean, that's football. Like sometimes you just have to play through the circumstances. You need you need a win today. If you're the Patriots, you absolutely need a win. No Stefan Gilmore. Um, Cam Newton is in the lineup. No Julian Edelman, which that really doesn't do anything for me. Like, I'm sorry, but that doesn't really do anything for me. By the way, I have been I have been sought after by some of our not even some of our followers, just Instagram trolls 
who are calling me a clown because I don't like Julian Edelman this year. Am I wrong in saying that Julian Edelman is having a bad year? Oh, no, not at all. Thank you. And it's, 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 not, it's not necessarily his fault that there are a couple of plays. No, but it is. Oh, my God. Look at the – he can't catch a football. He cannot catch a football. It bounces off his finish, hands. I would have gotten and it, it, it bounces off his hands, and it goes millions of feet up in the air, and it's a pick. If so you if you let call me, finish, me a clown again, not you, but you people on Instagram, you know who you are. If you call me a clown about Julian Edelman again – I don't know where we're going to go from here. You may just, you may just have to, we may just have to revisit your, uh, I don't know your mental. We have to reevaluate your psychiatric being. If you can't look at Julian Edelman this year and be like, what the hell is going on? I'm sorry, but I'm not a clown for thinking that Julian Edelman's having a bad year, but go ahead, finish your. So, I mean, yes, Edelman's certainly having a bad year, which isn't entirely his fault, although he has dropped and slash not caught a few balls that I felt like he should have caught. Um, But I think there's a couple of factors in that. And, you know, clearly this knee thing is affecting him. Um, And again, Edelman is one of those guys who isn't going to make excuses. So if you were to ask him, has the knee been affecting your ability to catch the ball this year? He's going to give you the Belichick. No, got to catch the ball. Like, like he's not going to make excuses. He's that type of guy. Um, But I feel like another level of it is he is the star player on the Patriots. Like think like there's not a single other guy on the team other than Cam Newton coming into the season that you looked at and you were like, that guy is a star player. Now, maybe you give James White a little bit of a nod, but like, you know, whatever, you get my point. Mm -hmm. So I think that mentally he was putting too much pressure on himself saying, I think he was saying to himself, I've got to do this by myself. I have to be the difference maker. And I think that's gotten him to a spot where he stopped being Edelman. Right. And so I think that the three weeks plus off that he's going to get by getting this surgery and going on IR, I think that can be extremely beneficial for him. And I think that when he comes back, he's going to be real good. Yeah. When he comes back, I hope that he'll be real good. Um, But I I hope that there's still a season for him to compete in when he comes back. And that, and they should make a trade. We should trade on the shoulders of today. So, so. I'm going to give my pick and then we're going to talk about what the trade deadlines means. If, if the Patriots lose today, I think the trade deadline, like they're selling big time. And that's what, that's what the article said on Bleacher Report when they said they haven't indicated that they're selling at the trade deadline. They said that a loss today could definitely change that. If they win today, they're still in the playoff hunt a thousand percent. Um, they're still in the hunt for the division a thousand percent. So today is a huge game. Last week was a big game. Today's your season. This is make or break. If you lose, the season's done. I'm throwing in the towel on the season if you lose today. Against my better judgment, I'm going to pick the Patriots today. I've been so big on the Bills all year, and I love the Bills, and I love Josh Allen. I think he's elite. I love what Stephon Diggs has done to this team, and I think that they're going to win the division at the end of the year. I'm picking the Patriots today. I think that Cam Newton is going to step up to the plate in a big way. I think everyone in this organization hit the pause button this week and said, What is going on? We signed you, Cam Newton, to come in and to bridge the gap between the Brady era and the future of the Patriots. And you are flopping big time right now, buddy. Belly flop action going on. He's going to step up to the plate today. I think he's going to take it upon himself. No Julian Edelman. 
Cam Newton doesn't care. No Stephon Gilmore. Cam Newton doesn't care. This is Cam Newton's game. I think the Patriots are going to win this game. The Bills always have a tough time with the Patriots, no matter how good the Bills are and how bad the Patriots are. The Bills always have a tough time with the Patriots. The Patriots are a team that the Bills can't find ways to beat. I'm taking the Patriots today. The Patriots are going to revive the season. Stephon Gilmore is staying in New England. We are going to be a wild card team, and we are going to be in the hunt at the end of the year for the Lombardi Trophy. That's so optimistic. Call me a clown, but I don't care. Patriots, we're going to take it one game at a time. One game at a time. We're winning today. And then we are going to win next week. That's I've got the I've got the the Kevin Millar mentality right now. Don't <laughs> let us win this one. Don't let us win this game because if we win this game, then you got then you've got tomorrow night and then you've got Kurt Schilling game six and then anything could happen game seven. Don't let us win tonight. Put us to bed tonight because if you let us win this one, you just open the door for the New England Patriots to come back and snatch the division title away from the Buffalo Bills. So don't let us win today. That's the warning I'm sending out there for the NFL. Do not let us win today. Because it's going to be a scary sight when Cam Newton fully recovers. That's all I'll say about it. Pats win this one. Yeah. I am picking Bills for one reason and one reason only. I have decided to hemorrhage my disappointment on NFL Sunday by giving myself an out. So, I am going to be Full-on rooting for the Patriots today. Nothing's going to change that. If they win, I will be ecstatic. But if they lose, I get my pick right. That And for that reason, for that reason only, I'm picking the Bills this week. So you're you're selfishly picking the Buffalo Bills so that if the Patriots lose, you can feel good about them losing. Wow. Wow, (laughs) that's that's a new low that you reached. The past few weeks, you've been saying some suspect stuff on this podcast. You just reached a new low. That is, I have never heard that one before. I thought you were going to say you picked the Bills because you think they're going to win the game. No, I'm picking <laughs> and the that Bills would be because fun. if they win, it's going to make me feel a little bit better about the Patriots losing. Wow. Now I really want the Patriots to win. I mean, uh, I want them to win too. Yeah, I know, but. <laughs> like, I, like I'm rooting for the Patriots today. Nothing's going to stop me from doing that. It's just that I get a little bit of an out now. If they lose, it's like, okay, at least I got my pick right. Okay. Fair. Not fit. No, I'm not saying fair enough to that. That's a weird assessment of how you're going about this game. But hey, See, this is this is what happens Wait, when you spend your life as a Mets fan, dude. You find ways to limit just won the, the World Series a few years ago. <laughs> they went to the World Series. Same thing. That's a win in my book. I mean, look, I, that, that's the thing. I was happy that they finally made it to the World Series, but they also got 4-1 gentlemen swept. You have the home run derby king on your team. You you have some of the best no, pitchers. Look, in the okay, game. look, the, the Mets are on the uptick. The Mets are going to take over New York. There is no team. All of New York. Wow. All of New York. <laughs> Dude, Stevie Cohen. I don't know about that. <laughs> Steve Cohen is now now that he's been approved to buy the team is the richest owner in Major League Baseball. He is going to spend five hundred million dollars this free agency. Watch it happen. He's going to give Real Muto three hundred, and then he's going to give um, Bauer two hundred. I guarantee it. I okay, guarantee. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with the money. Good, but but taking over all of New York as the sports team in New York, I don't know. You just watch, baby. 
You Buffalo just... Bills. That's all I'm saying. Buffalo Bills. They're coming. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. They're going to lose today, but they're coming. Trust me. Josh Allen's elite. Uh, all right. We got four games. We can speed round through a few of them. Uh, Chargers, Broncos. I'm picking the Chargers. I love Justin. I Irv. am as well. Yep. Chargers. That's it. Uh, next game, 49ers, Seahawks. I'm picking the Seahawks. This is always Same. a good game. Uh, I think the 49ers went 2-0 and against them last year. Um, but this is a different year. Uh, this is going to be a close game because Jimmy G, after getting benched, has has been on fire. After he has, like, benching that wasn't a benching, like, Kyle Shanahan was like, I like my quarterbacks who don't throw interceptions. A little, little bit of shade thrown there. Um, he's been great. The Seahawks are coming off of a of a like dagger of a loss to the Cardinals last week. Gave them their first loss on the season. They're going to be coming out looking for revenge this week, and that comes in the form of beating the 49ers. So I am going to take the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm taking well. Seahawks too. Yeah. yeah. How about DK Metcalf running down Buda Baker? Dude, my favorite part about that whole thing was when Tyreek Hill said, well, I mean, I could do that, but I'm never going to get the opportunity because Patrick, Patrick doesn't throw interceptions. <laughs> It's like, yo. I need to say something real quick, too, before we move on. Um, so you, all of you who listen to TBR Sports know that I love to bet. You know that Carp loves to bet. Um, ever since we started TBR back in January of 2019, we've always talked about betting on our podcast. Um, Nick Ferullo has been a TBR Sports personality for you know a year and a half now. Not one. And I've known Ferullo for four years now. He was the first person I met when I got to high school. I have never heard the kid talk about betting before. Never. Never once in my life. We've done podcasts with him on the podcast where like me and someone else is talking about betting and he has no idea what we're talking about. All of a sudden, last week, this kid comes up to me at school and he's like, he's like, so are you going to take the over in the game tonight? I was like, what? What did you just say to me? And he was like, well, I was looking at the spread and that's my Ferula voice, by the way. I don't know if I'm doing good or not. Um, and he was taught. He's basically saying that. He, he started throwing all these terms out to me. He's like, oh, I don't know if this team's going to cover. Are you going to take the over? Are they a lock? You know, I might do a parlay. I'm like, where did you learn all of this? Like, like what, you, what are you saying to me right now? So, ladies and gentlemen, all of a sudden, this week, Nick Ferullo is, is a betting connoisseur, apparently. I don't know. It's so funny. And I love betting Ferullo much more than I loved Ferullo Ferullo. And I loved Ferullo Ferullo. He and I are, he and I are BFF. Um, but, but, but betting for Rulo is a whole different animal. And I love betting for Rulo. He's just got this energy to him. He texts me like twice a day. He's like, you got any locks? I need some locks to get out of the hole. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just funny. So he just texted me and he said he needed some locks for today. So I'll tell him, I'll send him my picks after I hop off the pod. But yeah, uh, just so all of you can get excited for the next time Ferulo's on a podcast. He's full on betting Ferulo man now. So I think it's hilarious. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, back to this game. Uh, we're both taking the Seahawks. Yes. Yes. All right. Next game. Clap it up. Saints and bears. I think we're going to have some disagreement on this game, Seth. The bears. I think we're going to have some disagreement on this one. Who are you picking? You know who I'm picking. Don't even ask. What's the one team who I've been oh, you got huge the Bears. on the Bears. You're all the Bears. Oh, year? 
Oh, my God. All oh. year, I've been so big on this team. Mitch, some highs, a lot of lows, Trubisky. He's, he, is the, he is the backup quarterback who is feeding the life into the Bears. I still think he's the reason why they're doing so well. I don't know how. I can't prove it, but I think he's got his fingerprints on this somehow. Uh, last week. The Bears? Yes. Yes. Right? Didn't they lose to the Bucks? Or did no, they have the a bye week this week? I think their last game was against the Bucks, was it not? Oh, no, they played the Rams. Right? Yeah, they played the Rams on Thursday night football. And they lost. And they lost. But I'm picking the Bears to win this game. Uh, Michael Thomas is out. The Drew Brees era is over in New Orleans. Drew Brees, Drew Noodle Arm Brees can't throw the football more than five yards. Bears are going to win this game. 425. Got a nice spot. This is a nice Chicago Bears Saints game time. I feel like this game has to be played at 425. Feels like a game that might be played on Thanksgiving, to to be dead honest with you. It's got Thanksgiving vibes to it. We're almost there. We're a few weeks out from Thanksgiving. Y'all got to fucking chill with the Christmas music, man. No, 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 no. Don't chill with it. It is it is holiday season, baby. Let me have Thanksgiving. What Let, what Thanksgiving music are you gonna listen to? Christmas music is Thanksgiving music. But but the problem with, with the problem with Christmas music is it is infectious. Because what happens is you start playing Christmas, you you start playing the Christmas music, then all of a sudden the Christmas decorations come out, and all the stores start selling only Christmas stuff. I'm like, right. yo, where are my turkeys? There's turkeys. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. We still have the turkey stuff, but there is no Thanksgiving music. So you got to play holiday music. That's what it is. Or that's you could basically play normal music. Well, that's not Thanksgiving. What am I going to play like Credence Clearwater Revival while I'm having Thanksgiving dinner? No, I'm going to play Mariah Carey's Christmas song. <laughs> that's that's all that there is to it. It is holiday season. This is a holiday-esque game. The Chicago Bears have arrived, and they're going to beat the Saints today. That's my that's my pick of the day. That's my hot take of the day. Bears are going to beat the Saints. I know you're going to pick the Saints. I am picking the Saints. This is probably the most disagreement we've had on a pick in a while. It really is, isn't it? We've disagreed on what, like three games this week? Um, One, two, three. Yeah. That that's a that's a lot for for a, usually we disagree on like it's usually one. like one yeah. <laughs> or maybe not even some. So I'm glad we have the disagreements. This yeah, the week. past two or three weeks, it's been one or two and every and so like last week, we only disagreed on one. So you won. And then the week before that, we disagreed on two, but we split those games. So we tied. Yeah. And then the week before that, we agreed on everything. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love that we have disagreement this week. This is another one of those weeks. Like I said this a couple weeks ago on the podcast. I think I said this week six or week five that like any of these games, with the exception of a few, like the games we're disagreeing on could really go either way. Like there is no like outright winner in my mind. Like you can't look at the Saints and Bears game and be like, yeah, the Saints are going to like sweep the floor with them. You can't look at the Patriots and the Bills game and be like, oh, yeah, Bills for sure. These games are it's a seesaw right now, and I'm going to pick the Chicago Bears to come out on top of the seesaw at the end of the day. It's the picture, the picture from the office when um, when they're all going to shoot farms for the garden party and Dwight didn't want them to look it up on MapQuest um, and he didn't tell them why. And then he looked they looked it up on MapQuest and the, the, the truck that drives by 
uh, to take like the the live street view photos drove by when Dwight and Moe's were on the seesaw and Dwight was on top of the seesaw and Moe's on the bottom. Picture that picture. Dwight is the Chicago Bears. Moe's is the New Orleans Saints on this seesaw. Yeah. That's right. Oh, and I'm forgetting. We didn't throw in a Philip Rivers reference this week. Um, Philip Rivers has nine kids. Okay. Last game. <laughs> Last game, Sunday night football, probably the worst Sunday night football game we're going to get this year. Eagles and Cowboys. Can I just say NFL, NFL NFL.com, like when you go to the score section and it shows you all the games, gives you stats and stuff, you know, the whatever it is, you know, like Russell Wilson, Seattle, 13 and four career record against San Francisco, including playoffs. Chicago, 84.1 rush yards per game this season. Fewest in NFL. Dolphins quarterback to a tag of Iloa making first career start. And then you get to the Cowboys Eagles game <laughs> and it says battle for first place in the NFC East, which is depressing for two reasons. Number one, it's depressing because it means that there's nothing else that's actually fun about this game. The other part that's depressing is, is that the Eagles are two four and one, and the Cowboys are two and five, and we are dealing with two win teams <laughs> that are battling for the top of the division. This is what I'll say about this game. This game, if these two teams like before the season started, this game on paper probably looked great before the season started. Well, it depends on how high you are in Carson Wentz, but yeah. Either way, Cowboys and Eagles division rivals always right, play good right, games right, on yeah. Sunday night football. They always play. This is another Thanksgiving-esque game or around Thanksgiving. I feel like these two teams have good division rivalries like at this time of year. But Dak Prescott goes down, and then the backup, Andy Dalton, goes down. Um, the Eagles suck. This is the worst division in football, uh, and they're battling for first place somehow. I'm not even going to watch the game. I'm literally like I'm planning on not watching it and and editing TBR videos instead. Like that's my that's my goal for tonight is to not even watch this game a little bit. Uh, I've benched CD Lamb and Amari Cooper in fantasy for three straight weeks now. I'm contemplating dropping them or trading them. Because what like who's throwing to them? Nobody. The seventh round pick. You you, you essentially have no Sferatu from SpongeBob throwing to them and. I don't know. You, they're not catching footballs. There's no offense. Ezekiel Elliott is fumbling footballs. There's no offense on this Cowboys team. Same with the Eagles. Their offense sucks. Boston Scott, I have him in my fantasy lineup tonight because Miles Sanders is out. So I think, and the Cowboys run defense is atrocious. So I think he's going to run all over him. But I don't know. This game sucks. That being said, I'm picking the Eagles just because the Cowboys are so bad. And I don't have a better reason. I, I I wish I could give you like a stat. I don't. Cowboys worst run de- one of the worst run defenses in the league. Their offense has been picked apart by injuries. The Eagles are just better equipped to win this game. Simply put, who are you taking? I'm taking the Eagles as well. I don't. How are you going to win with a seventh round pick? You can't. You, you really win. can't. You can't win this game. You really you can't. Uh, last week was telling when they lost to Washington. That was brutal. That's the lowest. That's the lowest low that the Cowboys could have gotten to this year. I'm shocked they didn't fire Mike McCarthy yet. 
I texted that to Seth during the game. I said, this will be Mike McCarthy's last game. I'm shocked he's still there. They lose tonight, which I think they will. He'll be done. Jerry, I, Jerry I, I Jones. I think they are g- giving him kind of a certain level of, you know, like benefit of the way. doubt. Yeah, benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like you don't have Dak. Right, but they weren't really that good when Dak was playing. <laughs> Fair. But. I, I mean, Jerry Jones has a tendency to A, voice his dislike for his head coaches, but also B, keep head coaches around a lot longer than he should. So I really don't know what's going to happen with Mike McCarthy. If I was if I was running this team, Mike McCarthy would be gone by now, and we'd be winning football games. That's That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything else. I really don't. That's the last game that we are going to do for the Pick'em. Seth, I wish you the best of luck this week in fantasy and in the Pick'em. Thank you you as well. Thank you. Uh, Should be a fun slate of games to watch. Uh, We are coming up on kickoff in just about 40 minutes. And that's pretty much all I've got. Uh, Backyard Baseball Dynasty on the YouTube. TBR Sports Instagram. And yeah, that's, that's all we've got. That's all we've got running right now. And this podcast. Um, and then TBR Flag Football coming up soon enough. So that's pretty much it for episode 48. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, good luck to all of you today. If you're if you're in fantasy or if you're betting on these games, good luck. I wish you the best of luck. We wish you the best of luck from all of us here at TBR Sports. This has been episode 48 of the Review Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Your truck's got maybe 300,000. You only get so much until it's gone. Duracells and a mag light. A needle drop on a 45. Are the kind of things that only last so long. When the new year's off and they get to getting old Sooner or later time's gone